February 18th. We're back. We're going to try this again. Special interview episode. Chiefs reign supreme. Yanks are getting ready, loading up. Um, in the studio, Angry Jay, the commish, the Don father, looking nice, pomaded up. Lottie, studio owner. We planned this episode weeks in advance. As soon as we heard of um, a change in the high school football scenery. Speaking of planning, I mentioned Joe Moriello, special sponsor with Capital Securities. His motto and ours is a life well planned. Uh, Sky Gazer Brewing. Brian Sloan. Whatever. Um, Audrey Tice hits a thousand. Congrats, Audrey. Eastern Connecticut, State University Warriors. Going to see Angry Jay on the daily up there. All right. Football show. We got a special guest. The commission getting to work. Um, commission is one of these parents who's always talking to the head coach, you know, seeing if we can get, a, get more playing time. Um, yeah, no. ha- at halftime, I'm like, Mike, no. is this a good time to talk to you right <laughs> no. now? About my kids' playing time? <laughs> I've not said zone. one word to that coach ever. Well, I don't know. He got him here in the studio, but I'm yeah, trying to get him to come back here. It wasn't uh, easy either, I'll tell you that much. All right, in the <laughs> house, Bristol Zone and Sillington High School football coach, Mike Drury. Mike, why'd you hang it up? The people in uh, the Blue Knight supporters got to be in. You know, in, in tears over this. Well, it was just in time for my kid's senior year, too, which oh, I like. Oh, thanks. Great. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Special, special year. Good <laughs> yeah. transition gonna, year, you know. We're probably going to run it a lot next year, right? Oh, so we're yeah, I think we're going to have to, yeah. Yeah. Mike. Better run the ball. Why did you make the decision? Um, you know, it was a tough decision, kind of a multi-year decision, something I've been thinking about, you know, since I've had uh, two two boys, six- and three-year-old, uh, Georgia Murphy, and I... You know, I, I made the decision pat, this past off season. I said, you know, this is going to be the last year. I told my wife that it's the only person, other person I told, and uh, she didn't believe me. She said, "I believe you when I, I believe when I see it." She you never didn't pushed tell the coaching me. Staff? I didn't tell any of the coaches. Nice. I told nobody. I, the only, not your dad. I told yeah, nobody. I wow. kept it tight, so I didn't want it to get out. I didn't want anybody. You know, I never wanted that. It's never about me. It's always about the program, the kids, um, and so you know, when I finally decided, it, you know, it was after a real tough loss of Staples. Um, I called my defense coordinator, who's now the uh, the head coach, Rob Levesque, and I told him, and he was in shock, you know. As and I and I kind of slowly told a couple of the coaches before I told uh, told all the kids on that Wednesday. So, um, you know, it was just more of a family thing. I wanted to be around and be involved in my kids a little bit more at this stage of their life. Um, I've been doing it for 13 years. Been a Sunnyton for 14 since 2010. So, um, you know, had a lot of success, and I just, you know, I thought it would be. Just ready to, to make it just a, a little a different path right now. Um, I know yeah. I'm still young. I'm 40, 41. So, you know, if I do, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll be back at, at the the head somewhere. At Looks some like you look like you know you're going to be back. Just we'll see where, right? Yeah, I definitely want to be back. I mean, I love football. I love coaching. I love the kids. You know, you know where Maltby Street is? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> we need to sling it around over there. Come on, they, 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 they will. Don't look at me. No. Um, <laughs> we want to talk a ton about Suns and high school football, obviously. But uh, talk about your upbringing a little bit. Drury name is iconic name in Bristol. Your dad, the patriarch of your family. Uh, your your brothers played sports locally. Obviously, you did. Sports town, sports family. Talk a little bit about that if you can. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been around sports my whole life. Um, you know, when I was young, my dad, like, 
you know, he was obviously the head coach of Pomp Rock High School, so I'd be going to a ton of games out there. But then as I got a little bit older, probably like seven, eight years old, he became the head coach at, uh, and I'm sorry, the assistant coach at Bristol Central uh, for about 10 years. So I've gone to every practice, every game for 10 years for Bristol Central basketball. And then you know, I was always heavily involved in wrestling as a kid growing up. I was a big wrestler. Um, and my dad was involved in that. He helped start the Bristol Youth Program with Dennis Sigmund back in the day. So um, I, I've just been around a lot. Then my brothers and sisters were all, they're older. You know, like my brother Chuck is 12 years older, Matt's 10, and my sister's four years older, who's also a great athlete, great volleyball player. Um, so it's a great town. I mean, rich in tradition in sports. Um, in, in, during my time, the youth sports were excellent. We always had great coaches, guys who were uh, committed, involved. Um, the athletes stayed in town and played here, which was, which was fun. Um, and you know, that's why I stayed here. I mean, I, I live on the street I grew up on, so I didn't go far. I'm right up here, right up on Royal Drive. You're like right Laddie. Golf Course, yeah. Um, so... Bristol you know. through oh, and he's through. a little more elevated than, than we are, Bobby Mack. He's up on the top of the hill. I was oh. down here. Up on I was on Nelson's farm for a couple oh, okay. years, too, at one point. So, <laughs> yeah, Crocker's territory. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right around the corner. Yeah. So, um, wh- where'd you go to college, Mike? I went to Marist College. Okay. The Red, what are they called? The Fox, Red Foxes. Foxes. And you yep. played? Yep. Who's I your played. biggest alum? Are you serious? Who's the biggest? No, no. Oh, the biggest Who's the biggest alum? Rick Smith. Rick Smith. All right. Really? We got to throw a trivia here. Yeah, yeah. Um, 41, so like the basketball kid from West Hartford Jared is here Jordan, on your right? Jared Jordan was up there with me. Holy yep. cow, is yep. he good. He was a great player. I knew him well. And then um, he walks past you, and you're yep. like, how is that the kid that's lighting it up? Yeah, great shooter. He was shooter. in an NBA camp. Yeah, tryouts for the Knicks. I thought it was Great the baseball player, too, from Connecticut, um, Chris Traz, who's, oh. Now the, oh, yeah. who's now the head coach of Army. Okay. Yeah. So he Get out of here. Yeah. He was from Trumbull. Wow. So Patrick Winninger just uh, committed to Marist for, for running. Oh, he did? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the so Red Foxes. Yeah, Red yeah. Foxes. Cardillo from Southern is at Marist right now. I know. I got two kids up there right now. I've sent several kids to play up there. So, yeah. It's a What's that facility like? Um, very good now. Um, when I was there, it, it, it was up and coming, I'd say. You know, so they, they've done a ton of work there. Um, it's beautiful right in the Hudson River. Um, great, great school. So, uh, in high school, you know, you're a two-way guy like most yep. of the good ones are. Um, you get to college. That, that notion is out the window, right? Like. Yeah, it's one way. So what did you, you play? I play? I was a middle linebacker, so I started there for four years. W- was that would that have been your choice? I mean, oh yeah. Or would yeah. you rather played offense? I mean, I like tight end. I like catching the ball a little bit, but you know, when I played, I played at Bristol Central. I was a tight end, but we were blocking the whole time for yeah. Timmy Washington. Give him the ball. Yeah. So you direct snap to Timmy. <laughs> yep, direct snap. I had six touchdowns the first five games in my senior year, and then we made a decision. We wanted to have the first three thousand yard rusher in the state, so. We didn't throw the ball anymore. We run the rock. Was Breon on that team too? Yeah, that's, that's not Breon a bad team. Was a sophomore. Yep. Chris Perini. Chris Perini graduated <laughs> with Chris. Yeah, he used to live right, right next door. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had his nephew on the on the show last week. I don't know if you ever heard of him. The Charter Oak Donovan Kling. <laughs> oh, no. um, you kidding no. me? Um, Unbelievable. So, so did you bring the noise? Like, did you start? And I mean, you're a big blitzer. What do we got? What was your game? I was a pressure What's guy. I mean, me. I was I was an intense player. You know, yeah. I, I like to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. So, with high intensity, um, you know, listen, my favorite movie growing up about football was the program. So, it was let's like, go. Oh, I listen, love that. let's go. I mean, that was my senior quote in high school. Not everyone could play football. We're the lucky ones. So, Latimer, I mean, you know, it's just. You, you weren't headbutt in cars, were you? Uh, you were getting involved a little bit. You know? <laughs> Mike, Mike, such a fine line. I like to hear you say that, and I like to watch you play. And I'm thinking, like, you, you get somebody, 
on like a run blitz or whatever and you smack them up with your boys and you get up what's the fine line between celebrating a good play and what we're watching on television now which is ridiculous but there should be a penalty on every play with the taunting it really bothers me I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, it, it, it's hard because it starts at the at the highest level. I mean, the kids see it now. It's in it. Obviously, a lot more is let go at the NFL level um, in terms of celebration, things like that. And that, that's the stuff you got to battle as a high school coach. You know, the trickle down of all that, you know, and people doing a dance. While yeah, we, we have the same problem. Basketball, yeah. Nice, yeah. But you, know, you want excitement at you the want same time. You don't want idiocy. You don't want to stifle excitement and energy, but you gotta you gotta play within that fine line. You gotta act like you've been there. You know, I mean. The best teams and the best players, you know, they're not worried about all that. They're worried about winning most, first and foremost. Okay. So you go to Marist. Yeah. When does coaching, teaching into the equation? I was actually a finance major, so um, I kind of followed my brother Matt. He was into finance. I wanted to follow his footsteps, and um, I knew. Listen, I, I majored in football in, in college. That's one thing. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah. take academically seriously. I should have so. Um, at the end of, I wanted to graduate in four years. I was like, listen, I got to get this finance degree done. But I knew going into my senior year, I wanted to teach and coach. I made that decision. I knew I was going to go into special education. So um, I finished my degree, and then I went right to um, right to school um, at St. Joe's, actually, for the uh, master's program in teaching. And then I got involved in coaching at Cromwell High School. Um, actually, a Brist- it was a Bristol connection that got me involved. It was um, um, Matt, I don't know if you remember Matt Coyne, quarterback. Who's the oh, head coach yeah. of Bates right now, football? His dad, Jerry Coyne, um, called me up, and this is like two days before training camp was starting in high school. He said, You want to coach football? And I said, Yeah. He goes, I'll pick you up, to, you know, I'll pick you up on, you know, Saturday morning. We're going to go, we're going to go coach at Cromwell. So I started there. I coached here my first two years. And then. What were you okay. coaching there? I coached a little bit of everything. I coached uh, offensive line, I coached uh, linebackers. Um, so I was special teams coordinator, little receivers as well. Cromwell, though, the. the, the Quarterback's probably the punter, place kicker, oh, and yeah. safety, right? It was, yeah, it's Class S football. We we played good football. We played against some great high-level talent. Um, some, some you know, I mean, this is the day and age where, you know, great Division One players were all staying in state. They were playing for the public schools. There was a lot of great players we played against. Great. So when did you get the job at Southington, and, and just when did you start teaching there? I start there, um, so I, it was it was funny. I was... I was all set. I was going to be at Bristol Central. Like I've been coaching track there for six years, wrestling for six years. Um, I was going to be teaching there that uh, in fall in 2010. They got a call from uh, DJ Hernandez called me up and he said, "Listen, I get the get the head job. I want you to be my defense coordinator." So I went over there. I was teaching at Bristol Central still, and I uh, I went over there as defense coordinator. Then he left that off season, and then that's I got the job for 2011. Wow! And then I moved over there for for teaching too as well. I'm just interested in, uh, you had mentioned Marist yeah. and playing at Bristol Central. As far as, you kind of mentioned some of the, some of the coaches you played for. Oh, yeah. And then did you know, like, right away, like, hey, I want to be a football coach when your career was over? Or is it just kind of something after a couple of years you're like, yeah? It was, you know, it, it, to me, I was like, I was going to be going to the city, working in the city, doing finance, you know. But, you know, I've always been around great coaches. I mean, when I was in high school, we actually had three head football coaches in my four years. So the first one was Rob Thompson, who ended up being my defense coordinator for six years. Rob is maybe the greatest coach I've ever coached with. So you played for him? I played for him. And then he became? And then he became, yeah. So Rob, Rob was a, uh, my freshman year was his last year as head coach. And then um, my sophomore year was this guy, Frank Fercucci. Oh, my God. Great baseball player. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Frank, yeah. Frankie, I mean, Frank is still, 
I mean, Frank went on to coach at UMass, uh, Fordham, Central Connecticut. He's now, he's now coaching at Western New England. Talked to him recently. So he was my sophomore year. And then my junior year was uh, Brian Stranary, who Straw, Stra, yeah, who's a Bristol guy, but he was actually uh, teaching in Southington at the time. So, he, you know, when he came, when he, he actually coached for me when I got the head job at Southington. So there was a lot of connections there. And then my senior year was Dennis Perone. Um, and then that's when Rob Thompson got back involved. He, he, you know, with Timmy Washington, with that whole offense, that was Rob's baby. He, he created that whole thing, Rob Thompson, a great coach. So those guys being around him, you know, really kind of. Real quick, how, how about Ed Marist? How was At Marist, we had, um, we had some great coaches. This guy, Jim Parity. So yeah. Jim Parity just retired this past offseason. He was actually the longest tenured Division One coach, um, I think 34 years. So he was great. Um, and, you know, he was a great mentor, and they actually helped me kind of go down the road of like being a special education teacher going into coaching um you know i almost coached them for a few years you know after after high school but i, I just had to get my degree so i stayed stayed in state here coach i had a question so i saw it at marish you were first team all conference playing yeah. linebacker is it true that you were all american and if so how, what's it like to find out you've been named an all american and playing college football yeah i was yeah i was all american a second team all american but um that was great i mean it it was you know to me it was you know to me it was a good culmination of a career um you know i i remember you know, i tell the kids this story now like when i was in high school like during this time period during the recruiting process i was like i don't know if i want to play football in college and i you know, something switches. Said, All right, I'm going to play. I'll give it a try." And I love football. I mean, I live and breathe it. So that was that would have been the biggest mistake of my life if I didn't. <laughs> and if we knew you were second team, we probably wouldn't have had you down here. Yeah. So. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Loser, yeah. second team, not good enough. So, so coach, Southern High School. Get back to that. Yeah. That just a little bit. Powerhouse program, the tradition. Um, you know, what do you got? A hundred guys in the program and and stuff like that. Early on in your career, you go back to back in 2013, 2014. I had the pleasure of teaching a ton of those kids, so I know the quality of kids that were coming through your program. Tell us a little bit about those two years and what you remember the most besides the wins and the losses. You know, the great thing about that, well, when I got the job, we, the program was in a little bit of a disarray at that time period. They just came off of having um, two, you know, this is like, the, I was the third coach in the matter of like three or four years there. So, um, you know, the numbers were down. We weren't great. My first year was six and four, uh, but we had some great talent coming up. We had, guy likes of Steve Barmer as quarterback and a lot of these great players um, so kind of the building that up was was an awesome experience and then 2013 it was you know the mentality was like we were kind of the unsung team like people didn't know a lot about us uh, we were pretty good the year before um, and you know that was probably the most exciting game one of the most exciting games in our championship game played Fairfield prep way bigger than us enormous you know one of the greatest coaches um, to ever play uh, coach high school football Ed McCarthy who was at um West Haven. West Haven forever. And I remember him, and I showed our kids this, and, you know, the video and clip, he said, ah, yeah, Scienton's pretty good, got some players, but there's no way they're going to be able to hang. This is the best team I've seen in 20 years down here and this, that, Fairfield Prep, and showed those kids that, and they came out, and, you know, we kicked their ass. But um, <laughs> And then we came back that next year with the goal of, of winning another championship, and, and really no one no one was able to, to keep pace with us. We're, it, you know, to me it was like, the, the greatest thing you think about, you know, the wins are great, but it's like the mentality that the kids had, yeah. the, the, the want to, the drive, the effort of every single day. That, that was an exciting time. I got I to gotta jump. So when you took over, you said a little bit of in disarray. So did you just start as in like the weightlifting program? I'm, like, I'm kind of like newer to the area, to the Bristol area, and it's 
from everything I heard, it's kind of like legendary now. Like I asked the commission's son the other day. I'm like, if he played any other sports, he says, well, I play football and, I, and weightlifting. I'm like, oh, I didn't know they had a – he's like, no, no, we just do football weightlifting like year-round. Yeah. Can you – did you jump and implement that right away? Oh, yeah. Can you get into that a little bit? Because I'm – we asked, we had Klingon on last week, and he was awesome telling us about the, the UConn basketball weightlifting stuff. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about how – what you do and is it is it year-round? It's year-round. I mean, it's it's – Intricate. It's highly important. And first of all, every sport it should be highly important. Every sport. If you go to college, right? I mean, every sport's training yeah. in season, out of season. You know, at every level. You know, it could be. I don't care if it's girls' sports, boys' sports, whatever it is. They're all strength training. So if they're not doing it in high school, um, then you know, to me, I, I think they're losing out on something. But um, to me, it's you know one of the things that it was kind of ingrained with me and my dad. You know, two state two um, of his famous quotes that I always like that we always utilize is like. You know, no weights, no states. It's not going to happen. I know? love it. I love it. Or, or WRP, weight room pounding. I mean, this yeah. is what we're looking to try to instill with our kids. Um, but, yeah, if the season's done in, in Thanksgiving or December, you know, we're starting, you know, usually a week or two right after that. We're right back into the weight room. We're training. We're, we're you know, getting them prepared. It, it is – and we train in the morning. So, we're you know, we start at 5.50 in the morning, done at 7 o'clock. Kids are showering there. That's and that's commitment. That's the, commitment. That's commitment. That's throughout the entire year. Coach. Then the whole summer. Coach, I feel bad for these parents. I got to get up there. Oh, hey, yeah. Commish, what, what do you feel about that? They want to win. Right. I like the wins. I play that much. Yeah. Coach, I know you've talked about your your dad a couple of times. I know him. He's salt of the earth guy. Yeah. One of the one of the greatest guys I've ever met, and I know everybody here knows him as well. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your father's influence and how cool was it to have him on the sideline. Um, regardless of the outcome, outcomes of games, and you guys can talk after games and just some of those maybe Sunday dinner type of conversations and how cool that was for you. It was great. I mean, like I said, I was at every one of his games growing up, so I would I saw him on the sidelines. He's cool, calm, and collective now as a grandfather and this and that, but he was a wild man <laughs> all right, as a coach. I mean, headsets flying, this and that. He also, you know, when he was coaching JV basketball, I was embarrassed to go to those games. You know, next thing you know, kicking the bleacher, the old wooden bleachers, the back heel, yeah, scream. I'm like, listen, let's comment that a little bit. But um, when I had the opportunity, to, when I actually was going to be offered the job, uh, one of the kind of things, because I was younger, right, and they they wanted to make sure that I had a good support system was like, you know, can you get your dad to come with you? So I, the call I made to my dad was like, you know, he was already, he just retired from teaching that year, and, and I said, you know, will you come? And, and I felt bad because I'm like, you know, it's almost forcing him to retire from you know, <laughs> Rock, but um, he came, obviously, and it, it was been tremendous. I mean, we've had some great wins, tough losses, um, but again, with us, it's, you know, we have such a really tight-knit family. Um, you know, we talk a ton of football, but again, it's just talking regular life stuff, and, and um, he, he's... He's an amazing person, you know. Someone I'm not, you know. I wish I could. He strived to be like him. Like, he, he's a one. Of, he's one of a million guy. So you're playing high school football while he's coaching at Papa Rug. Yes. So he didn't see many of your games at all. Well, the way he kind of worked it out. Yeah. He was smart. Like when he he was, they were still playing on Saturdays. And we were in Bristol. We were playing Friday nights. Most, right. So he was able to see most of the games there. And then when I went to college. He, f- he pushed to get the lights, so they were playing Friday nights, so he didn't miss it Saturday night. <laughs> so it was a good move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, great. Well. Awesome. They can afford it out there. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, what, what's that f- facility like? I mean, the football field's right on campus, right? Yeah. So is that where they play? They don't have, like, a stadium or nothing like that? No. No. Um, That'd be nice. Can we jump to Sullington? Um, I, my first experience ever going to a game this year to support um, my favorite player in your God team. Godson. 
my godson. Kyle Pettit. You give it your yeah. bet. Um, I got there, and I heard the national anthem as I stepped out of the car, and I'm like, perfect. I'm going to get in right on time, play in New Britain. <laughs> the line I stood in was about 200 feet long. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is not like Housatonic Gilbert, right? Um, were you amazed at the following of Sellington football? Or you probably knew it growing up, but I can't believe what a big deal it is. I'm even thinking dollars and cents with the number of people there. I'm like, they got to make a nice nut like every yeah. every home game, right? Yeah, winning matters. He, yeah. he had something to do with that. You gotta, yeah, winning matters with that. But there's, like I said, when I was growing up, the, our biggest rival in high school, we were pretty good for a few years, was, was Southington. It wasn't Eastern at the time. They were a little down. Um, and you always look at them. You know, we have 35 kids on our team, you know. You know, sophomore through senior, they got 100. You know, you look at that. And it, so the tradition's been there for a long time, like I've always said with, with our guys. And it's going to be there for a long time after. There's people who care about it in the community. The parents care about it. The kids are hungry. I mean, the one thing, there are some myths about it, like, oh, wow, it's a factory. You get all these guys, all these players. Listen, the amount of work that goes into it is it's, it's tremendous. I mean, there's a lot of work that gets put in between the players, parents, coaches, um, to to play well, you know. I mean, um, you know, because you're only getting it with the talent you have every year. So when you have sustained success like Sunnyton has had over these decades, like there's a lot of work that goes into that. But it's a great it's a great place. Um, let's talk about this season a little bit, if you don't mind, just because you know I was a follower of it. Um, it was a great night for Connecticut football when one, two, three, and four were, were playing within a matter of a few miles one night. Yeah, that was Maloney hosted. Greenwich, mm -hmm. yep. and you guys hosted Staples, yeah. who you would eventually fall to at the end of the season. Um, and then one of the games was a weird ending. Was it yours with a, f a weird field goal? Maloney. It was the Maloney game. Yeah. But, yeah. but great night for the area to bring those powers into central Connecticut and say this is, you know, this is where it happens. Like, uh, so you guys were part of, you know, the class of Connecticut. Like, yeah. but you had you had tough luck. Um, the Hall game, I'm sure. Yeah. Has to be like, how did why if it doesn't rain that night? And I know you can't be. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a different it. outcome, right? Big time, yeah, absolutely. And we still should have won. We just, you know, we faltered. We made some mistakes. There was personnel things. There was a lot of, you know, penalties that you can't have in those situations. So um, that was that was a tough one. But you know, the kid, like I said, these these kids bounce back. You know, we built that into like understanding, like, hey, you lose one, you gotta you gotta fight back that next week. So there was never that. The good thing about the season, you know, there was never that with a loss, like, oh, you deflated, you lost the team. That never happened. No, there was always yeah. another one that was just as important. Yeah, absolutely. So I go, to the, I go to the <clears throat> Manchester playoff game. I don't think I was ever colder in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids are out there with no sleeves on some of them. These kids were ready, yeah. and the elements were not fun. Um, can you just talk about the toughness of your roster this year, the talent? I got to know some of the names. Lottie has coached some. Oh, and by the way, where are the tougher kids from, Kennedy or DePaulo? <laughs> oh, come on. Come on there, listen. <laughs> I'm, no I'm judging the phys ed teacher. There's no difference. There. They're both tough. All right? love, love them both. Good answer. Yeah. No, these are tough. Yeah, these are hard-nosed kids. These kids love football. Um, they live and breathe it. They, they have their entire lives, their youth program. That's one thing I'll say is the youth program's excellent in town. Um, you know, I had my kid playing flag football there, and it, it was it was legit um, in terms of the coaches and, and their commitment, the dedication. So, the, um, 
th- these kids now, you know, it, it's it's 10 degrees, it's 20 degrees, it's, it's a five-degree windshield. Like, you're going no sleeves. Let's go, especially the offensive linemen. Yeah. yeah. B- Bobby, you mentioned Maloney. I wanted to, This is an interesting story there. Last year you guys were 1-2 and two when you played. Yeah. Big game this year against them. Talk about Kevin Frederick and your relationship with him. You went to Marist together. Yeah, he's yes. the head coach of Maloney. Yeah, so we oh, went to no Marist together. Yeah. He li- he lived with me up in Marist for. He was two years younger than me, so he lived with me for a year. And then, um, you know, we've just um, stayed extremely close ever since. He coached with me in 2010 with with uh, DJ, and then in 2013 he came back and he coached with me with, during the championship year. Um, yeah, we're we're you know in each other's weddings. We just went away together, la- you know, last weekend on a ski trip. You know, with our families, so we're very tight, but very competitive. Very Playing tight. against each other, though, what's that like? Oh, listen, we're both as competitive as they come. So you know, we hate each other that week. But. I saw. <laughs> I think this year before the game, your kids went over with the flag in front of them. There's little there was a little diciness, and yeah. then you guys were having words. I think before the game, I, I actually yeah. was rewinding it on tape because I think I said these guys are talking to each other. It was like across the field, you're waving at them, then you're walking away, walking back at them, just. <laughs> you put that friendship aside during the games, obviously. Well, sometimes it happens. We both get fired up, you know. You know, even when we were playing college, like he was on the offensive side, I was on the defensive side. There was a lot, you know, there's a lot more chatter and talking in college than there is in high school, right. even at practice and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, he's yeah, it, it, he's done a great job there. Um, they got a good, you know, they get great talent uh, in Meriden. You know, they always have, and I think like he's cultivated it really well. You talk a little uh, going back to your previous uh, answer. Talk about kids that are committed to the sport and love football in Southington on a Friday in these middle schools. Every boy has their their jersey top on. So I mean, yeah. talk about what you guys have cultivated through the youth system. Uh, we try to do that. I think what we know here in the boys basketball with the boys and girls club with the travel stuff. Um, but the, at that lower level, that's your farm system. That's your feeder system, uh, and they have done a great job. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, what makes Coach Levesque the right the right fit coming in uh, to take the take the tradition over and everything that you built? Yeah, and it, you know Rob came on with me in 2017, uh, working on the defensive side of the ball under Rob Thompson that year, and then um, he's been our defense coordinator ever since. Uh, Rob's in the building, which is a huge you know mm-hmm. to have that job. You got to have someone who's in the building. It's important. I think any head co- any, any head football coaching job. Um, he's been. Committed, he's been my right hand man for you know, the past several years, um, and you know he's got a great relationship with the kids. He's hungry. He's he's competitive. He wants to win. Like he, you know, and you want to have someone in that position who wants to win. And um, you know, we're gonna have a lot of our same staff, and um, that's gonna continue on. I think he's gonna create a great structure. Uh, so I'm excited to see how he's done. He's he's been a head coach of wrestling for a bunch of years at Glastonbury and at Manchester. So. He's been around the game his whole life. Um, you know, he knows the game, so we're, we're excited for that. We're excited for. I him. wanted to ask you that, that the fact that you're losing um, quite a few offensive weapons that play into your decision at all or not at all? No, not no? at all. Like no. I said, I made the decision. You know, listen, I, I knew that we have a great couple groups coming up right now. You know, you have your the freshman class is one of the best classes we've ever had. Um, the eighth grade class coming in has lost like one game in four years, five, five years, something like that. So there's some great talent coming up. And, and like I said, the, the, the only decision was based off my kids and me wanting to be involved in this stage in their life a little bit more. Um, and I knew if I was going to stay this year, I'm staying for the next six, you know, right. because yeah. that's there's going to be great, you know, and, I, and that's the hardest thing. There's never a good year. You know, you get kids like your son, you know, who are great kids, who I love them. And it's like you don't want to let them down. Right, but you know, at one point, it's like you're gonna have to let somebody down. You know, right, yeah. otherwise you're gonna, you're locked in, and 
I just, you know, I felt I needed that little time right now. Do you see yourself going to games and, and, and how how much will you still stay involved with the program? I mean, Opening night next year, are you there? I, I got to see what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> listen. I, That's a yes. I'm still involved. I mean, I talk to Rob every single night. I talk to a lot of the coaches every single night. So I'm still heavily involved and kind of help him through the transition of everything, getting everything going. Um, I was in the weight room this Friday morning, so I'm still going like about once a week with the kids. Um, you know, I just got to see what, what that's going to look like. I don't want it to be an awkward or weird situation, you know what I mean? Like, former head coach on staff. Like, it wouldn't be for me. It wouldn't be for Rob or the kids, but, you know, outside people looking in, things like yeah. that. I got to jump in real quick. Yeah. Were you involved with who was going to get the, the position? Because you obviously are leaving it in a fantastic spot. Were you did, did Steve Risser, did he ask for your input, or did you have any? Were you on an interviewing committee? Were there interviews? I was going to be on the committee, but then three of my coaches were going for the job, right. so oh, I didn't want to be on yeah. that. And, um, you know, they, you know, I have a great relationship with the administration in, in, in town, you know, and Steve Risser and Mike Crocker, our principal, who were kind of spearheading the, the hiring process. Um He's got the O in the end. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, so they, they took my input, but I didn't want to, I wanted them to make the decision. I said, listen, these three, these guys, they're all going to be excellent candidates and all of them can do the job. Um, you know, and they made the decision based off of that. So I didn't want to be. Yeah, I didn't you know, mean to put you on the spot. I yeah, just wanted no, to know if you had yeah. anything. But they kept me abreast. <laughs> what was, you won two state championships, correct? So yep. what was the difference, like, between getting back to the top of the, the mountain and, you know, staying up there? Like, what's the difference between the two teams, and did you have to approach the seasons or your opponents differently after you're already up there? I, you know, to me, it's like, you know, Scientist's always had a bullseye on its back. Um, you know, teams are always going to be looking at, like, hey, this, the, you know, when, when teams beat us over the years, you know, there weren't many teams that did, like, especially within the conference. But, you know, when it happened, um, you know, it was the Super Bowl for them. It was like the biggest game ever, you know. So, the, you know, that's one of the things with the kids. It's like, listen, you are going to have, you're going to get everybody's best. So you have to give everything that you got, you know. And our, and our mentality always in the offseason and all our training is like, we're looking to compete. It doesn't matter who we're playing that week. We want to compete and play with the best in the entire state, you know. So it's hard. It, you got to stay up there. You got to keep, you got to work that much harder. We, we've all coached at, at different levels, and a lot of us here are educators. Uh, as yourself, what what has changed the most uh, in coaching from the time you started until the day that you retired? Is it is it the parents? Is it the kids? Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the adjustments you had to make as years went by? Because as educators and coaches, Bobby Mack and I talk all the time how much different it is nowadays than it was just like 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're always going to have that difference. But to me, it was like... I, I thought, in, in my experience, you know, we've had great parents, you know, so I really have had, I mean, I can count the amount of parent issues on like two fingers in my career, which has been great. But, um, and the kids are hungry, the kids are tough, there's not a lot changes there. But um, I think with like social media and that whole aspect of it, I mean, that has been the biggest change uh, to me. It's like, how do you manage that? How do you do this? You got to do these different things. And the recruiting process is, is totally, you know, that's, that's been flipped upside down, you know, from the college level all the way down to the high school level. So that, those have been the biggest, the biggest challenges and changes. But other than that, I mean, the kids are kids. Parents are parents. They care about their kids. If you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing by their, by their kids. You're not going to have a lot of problems. Coach, do you think football – lends itself to maybe people staying in their lane because, you know, with the amount of film that the experts um, watch, um, really the average, you know, Joe parent shouldn't be questioning the expertise of coaches. And 
you can play, if you want to, on a given night, 40 guys right. that have a significant yeah. impact on a game where if you're coaching, let's say, hoops, yeah. five guys are going out there and everybody else's parents are pissed off. Yeah. Like, do you think that football maybe lends itself to, yeah. to that? I mean, it's not a cut sport. You know, whenever you're involved in cut sports, baseball, basketball, you know, that's tough. You know, someone's getting cut, then you got their kids being the team, then they're not getting enough playing time and this and that and the other. And then there's a lot more, too, on top of that. Um, with the other sports, uh, you know, with youth sports, all the outside teams, uh, you know, the travel teams, club teams, this, that, and the other. So, you know, this kid is a starter on this team, this club team, that time, but he comes to his high school and he's not, you know, and, and uh, you know, his parents are paying five grand a year to play on these things and they expect it to translate and it doesn't a lot of times, you know, as you guys know. But um, in football, yeah, you get a lot more kids playing. Um, you know, if you set the expect, I think the big thing is you set the expectation with the parents, how you want the communication to go, you know, how the how the program is organized, um, you know, and listen, I've never not played a kid because he was better than another kid, you know, or, he, you know, so, you know, we want to get the best players in the field. I mean, that's always and, been and trying the, to win. And like yeah, you said, the weight it. room is the great equalizer, too. Yeah. You can tell a kid, if you go in that weight room and you work your ass off, you're going to play. Yeah. You'll, you'll get a chance. The There's a lot of guys that are going to play. Yep. You stick with it. You work hard. You got a chance, which is amazing for sports. Yeah. You know? Without a doubt. Yeah. And, and that is an equalizer because, you know, in other sports, you might just have the talent and this, that, and the other, and, and, and this can kind of, like, level that playing field. Coach, um, NFL, PA, um, they, they shut down a lot of pad work, a lot of tackling during, during, the, um, during the week. And as they probably should, I mean, now that we're learning more about what's happened to these people yeah. over time with concussion and, you know, Earl Campbell, you know, can't walk. Yeah. Um, what is, first of all, what does a college practice look like in terms of how much contact there is? And then what does a high school practice look like in that? In, do you do not, no pad days, walkthrough days? Or are you getting after it every day? I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, college, it, it, it's different. You know, there's, there's places like, um, you know, I've, I've met with a lot of high-level college coaches from a lot of different programs. You know, every year, we, us as a staff, we go down to Penn State. We do a, a coaching clinic there. We watch their practices. We're meeting with all their coaches. Um, and, you know, you're seeing the differences. But, you know, some places, there are some programs, even high-level programs, where they are tackling every single day. What do you think college. about that? I, I don't agree with that. I don't think you need to, but some some places do. I mean, you know, I remember some of the coaches at, at Temple. Um, it, you know, they were like, we tackle every day, and they were really good at that point. Um, and those coaches, coaches went on to coach and high level, and then a lot, a lot of those guys in the NFL. But um, to me, it's like, you know, there's definitely less contact nowadays from when we played um, in terms of like bringing people to the ground, things like that. The one thing that you do have is you have a lot more plays the pace of the game is faster you're getting that's fun you know, right which is great i love it you know i was watching the um this is what i was watching the other day with uh with my son we were watching the bills um dynasty you know about their four years in a row it was yeah, awesome but they're the talking boys. about how fast they were playing back then i go this is what i love this is the way i've always coached and played like basketball you know this is we're going fast break you know every single day so you do more than that um you know, but the biggest thing is you want to keep the kids healthy, you know, so you're not, you know, we're not bringing kids to the ground. We, our kids, uh, uh, last year we invested in the program to get the guardian caps for all the kids. Oh, wow. You know, and I went down to Penn State and I saw that and I said, they're all wearing them. I'm like, well, you know, if these guys are, you know, we got to be doing Let, Let's, you, let's do it. So do the kids wear those every day? They wear them every day. Just uh, practice. So do you, like, to follow up on Max's question, do you, 
is there just certain days you tackle? Do you not tackle at all during the week? We don't. As the season goes on, is it less and less? Or it's it's it. We don't tackle a lot during the week, but um, you know, there's usually like one or two periods that we're going ones versus ones where it's competitive. Um, even still, then we want to try to stay up, but there are there is some tackling, but we try to keep them up the whole time. But again, it's not necessarily the tackling. You know, it's yeah. the constant. You know, the continuous stuff. So the the position groups where you got to kind of manage it and keep it under control is up front. It's the whole line, D-line, inside in the box, mm-hmm. you know, linebackers. Those are the guys who are getting hit. Those are the guys who are taking those little hits all the time. So those are the ones you got to make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're managing the repetition, you're managing the tempo and speed of, of practice. You, you, get, you have some of them where you're thud, which is more full speed to, to walk through to on air. So, um, but, you know, we're in pads every day. Okay. So we, one thing we do on this podcast is we throw out random weird trivia questions that nobody really knows. Okay. Um, you mentioned the Bills dynasty, the four Super Bowls. What was their nickname of their their offense? What did they call it? Their offense was the um, – Does anybody know? It was the um, – I just saw it yesterday. I did too. I can't think of it. it was Go ahead, Lottie. I, I could be wrong. Was it uh, the K-Gun? K-Gun, K-Gun offense, K-Gun. yes. <laughs> it was the K-Gun. Oh, also – they get a lot of credit for it, the Bills, but somebody, another team actually started doing that before them. Does anybody know what that is? Oilers. Dolphins. No, it was Cincinnati Bengals. They were boomer size and was oh, calling the boomer. plays at the line with four. I think, was it four? No, Sam Weish? Sam Weish. Sam what, what was the name of Warren Moon's offense? Um, Buddy Ryan called it the Chuck and Duck. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Was it the Red Gun? I Something like that? I don't know. But remember. Tech Motors guys were unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's too young. He might not know that. Oh, he knows. He's 41. He got it. Uh, <laughs> Coach, speaking of you know, you being a little younger than us here, like, um, and you obviously keep yourself in decent shape, when's the last time in a practice you said, that's it, I'm going to show this guy? And w- did, you, did you ever? Like, I'm sure you, you mix it up with the line. I got to mix it up. I got to mix it up with those guys <laughs> a little bit sometimes. You know, I'll mix it up a lot in the weight room, let them know I still got it. Yeah. yeah we get after it with them in there. And then uh, – you know, I have a good arm. Like, I was going to be a quarterback my, my senior year in high school until, you know, Rob Thompson was like, no, nah, we're actually going to put Timmy Washington <laughs> at this, you know. Yeah. But I can throw the ball. I can throw. So I'll throw a lot in practice with our kids and, um, you know, so get competitive that way. But, you know, sometimes i got to let them know, like, hey, listen, I still got a little something in me, you know. <laughs> they got to feel it. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of quarterbacks, <clears throat> your quarterback, I don't know much about him, but it seems like an amazing story. I heard he can't throw a baseball, but he can sling the football. You see the brace on his arm. I yeah. think he had a brace on his arm, right? Yeah. Can you just talk about what that kid went through and, and, and what it's like, you know, what people don't know that these kids go through? Listen, you know, that's one thing about Sunnyton. We've had, you know, our kids have injured or this or they have to have surgery or stuff like that. They're, they're, they're doing everything in their power to get on that field, you know, delaying surgeries, this, that, and the other. I had a quarterback years ago, Jay Rose, who was getting Novocaine shots in his shoulder because he had a separated shoulder for the first six weeks of the game without us doing it. But it was a C.J. DiBenedetto um, was our quarterback. Yeah, and yeah he, that's um, who it was. Baseball, baseball first guy, great kid, um, you know, was playing in a, you know, getting ready for the playoffs last, last year in the spring, and they were playing a scrimmage. Um, each, each pitcher was just throwing one inning. And he's really a closer, reliever type guy. And he just hears a pop, and he tears his UCL. So us as a staff, we are, you know, our hearts are dropping. We're like, oh, God, what are we going to do here? Um, and, you know, a couple weeks later, he's like, I still want to, you know. We're, I'm talking through the whole thing, and he comes to a UConn 7-on-7. Seven seven. We're up at UConn doing a, a passing league tournament. And, you know, the first, he's, like, getting warmed up. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. 
I'm like, okay, all right, let's see. The first play you throw is it kind of goes into the dirt and it hurt. And then he was out. We had another kid play the rest of the day. And, and to me, I thought that was going to be it. He wasn't going to be able to do it. But did PT, got himself ready. Didn't want to leave, you know, didn't want to lose his senior year with his guys. Um, and played the whole season with the tour in UCL. You know, and threw the ball down had. the field, too. Oh, he, th- he led the state in passing yards and passing touchdowns. From a different arm slot, too, right? He was losing his slinging a little bit, too. The way, way he was throwing it was a different arm slot a little bit from when he was used to. Work. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But he was, you know, and, and he threw the ball. A ton of practice. We didn't have to manage his reps. I mean, initially I thought we really were. Didn't have a lot of pain. Didn't have anything. He was able to to fight through it. And uh, like I said, he led, led the state in, you know, all quarterback passing uh, categories. What about your, what about the weapons you had on offense? I mean, yeah, there's yes. like five of them. Yeah, right? we had some like, great receivers. Yeah, we really did. I, I wanted to, um, One of those weapons was Evan Anderson. Yeah. Um, Came, overcame injuries a couple times. Great player. Had his dad pass away. Well, you're, you know, last year during yeah. the season, you had another kid lose a dad in the program. How do you, how did you handle that kind of stuff? I mean, those things, you know, when you become a coach, there's no like, okay, coaching class that tells you yeah, how to handle no those things. There's no script for that, yeah, right? No script, no. Um, you know, that was we were getting ready for a game Thursday night, and um, I got a call from another kid's parent, John Flynn, and who was another great receiver for us this year. I mean. His mom would never call me during the practice, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" She she let she let me know that, unfortunately, his dad passed away, workplace accident. So, you know, it, it was it was a horrific thing. I went to his house that night, you know, dealing with that little thing. Say he wanted to play the next day. The very next day, he gets hurt and loses the rest of his season. But he scored oh. two touchdowns too. He scored two touchdowns. First play of the game, he scored a touchdown. It was impressive. Um, that was probably one of the most powerful moments in my sports career. You know, first play of the game, we're like, we're gonna get him the ball quick. Boom, takes it 60 yards to the house, and everyone's crying. We're crying on the sideline. Oh, jeez. Um, but then, that kid playing, holy man. But then the sports will kick you in the ass every now and then. He yeah. gets hurt, and he's basically. Two minutes later, he's hurt, and he misses the whole season. Has yeah. to have surgery. Oh, my God. In that game? Yeah. 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 Very next day after his dad that died. Time. So it was a horrible and then situation. Was he out for the Hall game this year, too? Was he oh, no. To he, back was, he was in. He was in. But he was still banged up a little bit. He was limited through the first part of the year. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but. He never missed a game. He was tough as nails. I guess that game didn't really hurt. I mean, I, I know I've brought it up now three times. You're probably like, what are you talking about? But, oh, like, yeah. I mean, you guys are in the ha, semis. Ha, so, ha, like, ha. right? I mean, you got to beat. Hate losing to them. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, is the season a long haul? <laughs> uh, Coach, you talked a little bit about going down to Penn State and, and knowing some of the Temple coaches and things like that. Football lifer. Who influenced you or some of your idols, maybe other high school coaches? maybe college coaches, some NFL stuff, or maybe you've been to some clinics and something just clicked. Somebody said, you know, something during a presentation. And can you talk a, bit, a little bit about, besides your father, who yeah. we know was a huge influence, yeah. some of the coaches uh, that you kind of look up to? Yeah, just being around it. I mean, you know, if you, if you look at just Bristol, for example, a lot of my experiences there, you have guys like even like Joe DeFlippi. I mean, Joe DeFlippi, I was at every practice yeah. with him growing up with my dad and just seeing him the passion he coached with and even a guy like Eddie Phelan had that too I mean I was you know he was a madman but you know he, he was he was fun um you know Dennis Sigmund was was a big um you know big guy for me just because you know, I was involved in the wrestling world I still am I'm helping coaching his his grandson now and the gladiators uh Brian Archibald Archie you know Archie was you know he's in my wedding I mean we became very close and um you know I started coaching with him and just people like that who have been like around great coaches you know growing up um he's a hell of a wrestling coach I've heard. oh he was a great wrestling yeah. coach um you know talk about another thing in bristol this is 2000 probably six seven 
and uh, Lou Holtz comes to Bristol Central High School to get to, to give a talk. I remember that. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, and I remember just sitting there listening. I'm a young coach, and I'm like, I'm dialed in. When I'm a type of guy where I go to a clinic or I go to see someone talk, I'm going to, I have pages, I have books of notes. I'm a handwritten note guy. Yeah, I'm going to write a thousand notes, everything they do. And, and he was talking about his, um, you know, what's important now, you know, p- portion of, of the philosophy of how he coaches, you know, of every little piece of like, hey, we're here right now doing this, this podcast. This is the most important thing right now going on in, in my life. So, um, you know, to me, it was like an after every every practice plan, every email, every all that stuff. At the end of it, it was W-I-N, win, you know, what that means and what's important now and the focus of that. So, you know, the things like that have stuck with me. I love that. What's yeah. important? Well, now. We were at that presentation. Or that, uh, Lou Holtz. I think he was out South Carolina. Might have just gotten that yes. job, if I yep. recall. And he was fantastic. Yeah, he, he was, was great. Awesome. Yeah, he um, really was. How did you get to go? I know people. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw some Connecticut uh, high school coach. I'm not an expert. Okay. Um, we didn't. Uh, we didn't have it in our high. John and I, the commission, we played for an undefeated program, and Coach Arlo, Angry Jake, uh, because we didn't have a team. Like, um, so I love this. This whole like football community and, and the um, competitiveness of it. Um, Jim Wanker, do you remember that name? It was at Windsor. I do remember. Any thoughts of him? Really, no. I didn't uh, really Jack know. Cochran. Jack Cochran, absolutely. Yeah. Good or him. bad? What are, we, what are we? What are we thinking? There? Listen, there's a lot of mix. I've always had a great relationship with Jack. Um, you know, just just as another colleague, as a coach. He was a tremendous coach. Does I mean, the rule still exist? The rule's out. And now they have the running time. Oh. That's changed. Yeah. Yeah. So the that rule's out. Gone. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jimmy Coet. Jimmy Coet. You know, I almost, you know, I brought him in, interviewed him a few years ago, probably 2018. He came in, he was going to join, but then uh, he ended up going to Holy Cross at that point. Yeah. Um, a lot of energy, you know. You know, great coach. You know the name Rob Plasky? Was he at Naugatuck? Yes. Yes. I didn't know him. Was but he yeah, at Naugatuck? Yeah. 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 I had to step away. Right. Go ahead. Coach, or two part. Um, first, but who's that player you have, or you wish like every year? I wish you had one of them. I wish I had one of them. And then, second part is who was the hardest like player you ever had to prepare for? Where it's just like a nightmare having a game plan. You know, people talk about Belichick taking the other team's best player out. Like as a coach, do you have that philosophy? Like we got to limit this guy to this, or yeah. I mean, the the player I would say would be. I've had a lot of them, and it's hard to kind of pinpoint one kid, Alex Jamelli, who coached with us, um, who's our receivers coach the past several years. Um, receiver, defensive back, as tough as they came. Um, the type of guy you had to, like, pull back and how hard he practiced. It wasn't like you had to say, all right, Alex, we need you to pick it up. Like, he set the tone. He was a difference maker. I mean, he's he's got every, you know, a ton of like, – he's number one in the state of Connecticut receiving touchdowns in a career with 50. Um, number one in the season with 29. So he, he caught one. He caught one. Yeah, and that led the nation that year. So you ran the ball a lot that year, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and we did, yeah we actually did. we were actually fifty fifty, which is it, but that was that was a great year. But um, just guys like that, you know, who just you don't have to tell them to do anything. It's it's everything they're gonna do is gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. It's they brought energy and excitement and intensity to the game. Probably the hardest guy we've ever had to prepare for. Um, there's been a few. There was one kid, and I'll go back some years. There was one kid in 2013, and we ended up beating him pretty handily. Um, this is NFA. It was a quarterfinal game. This is 2013. But the player was a fifth-year senior. He got granted a fifth year, but his name was Tuzar Skipper. Oh, yeah. And this dude, yeah, I mean, he ended up – I actually coached him in the All-Star game that year. He was a great kid. But he ended up going to a junior college, and then oh, – I forget where we went to college. But he was in the NFL for yep. nine years. He's he's a, a, 
linebacker. linebacker. Like he was, a, he was a DN though. He was like six three, two fifty. Could run like a deer. He's a twin too. He had a twin brother. I yeah, think he's yeah, pretty good too. Absolute freak. Him and another kid was that same year. Was um, you know, anytime a guy has his ball in his hands every single play, you know, this guy Colton what was his name Colton Smith. He was a quarterback for for Fair, uh, Fairfield Prep that year, um, and they they ran him a lot. You know, him and another kid um, uh, who played at Glastonbury, then played at UConn. A receiver, he ended up being a receiver at UConn, but he was a quarterback, Keon Dixon. You know, these guys are quarterbacks with the ball in their hands that play who are elite level athletes. You know, there's you have to change things defensively to, to stop those guys because you know, one missed tackle, one miss, they're bringing it to the house. You know, so you said the first one was a linebacker. Like in my mind, I'm thinking of preparing for an yeah, offensive weapon. Yeah. How do you prepare for a defensive well, weapon? Well, listen, you, you look in the NFL, who are the highest paid guys in the NFL? Right? Obviously, quarterbacks are in there. But defensive end, edge rushers, right? Offensive tackles and cornerbacks. So you, you get you get an edge rusher. You know, it happened to us this year against Cheshire. They had a, they had a very good edge rusher. Oh, and that's we the did kid a, you were telling me and about. we did a really good job against him, but he impacted the game. When you get a guy defensively who can, who can impact the game so much um, – you know that that's hard because you you got to double them this and that. Actually, I shouldn't name one other kid. Um, we played Darian back to back in the semifinals, 2015-16. Um, really wish they stayed down in class zone because we <laughs> went we went four in a row at that point. But anyway, they was the best high school teams in 20 years that I've seen around the state. Um, they had two guys. One of them was um, 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 I think it's Evan. I forget his first name. His last name was Ivanchek. Can't remember his first name right now. But he broke Dwight Feeney's sack record in the state of Connecticut. Wow! This kid was <laughs> a, a Gatorade Player of the Year. All right, two-year, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in lacrosse. But he was also a defensive end, like 250 pounds, moved great. Ended up going to like Penn for lacrosse. It was like All-American there. But uh, an unbelievable defensive end. Like we had to really prepare for that kid, and we had we had some great teams. The other one was this kid, Andrew Stuber. So it was him and this kid, Andrew Stuber, who went to go play in Michigan, and now he's starting starting tackle in the NFL. Get out of so here. We have, and he was, but he was playing defensive tackle, too, as well. So you got these two guys here, and it's, you know, that becomes a real tough thing to, to, hey, to does, run the ball. Does right? football get two Gatorade players, one offense, one defense, or is no, it player of the year? just a single one. Yeah, just one. That's kind of ridiculous. Really? Yeah. You get one? They get one, just Gatorade player of the year. So this year was... Um, the guy from Avon Farms. Right? Have you had? Have you had one? Went at Southington or have not? We had two guys who, who could have been right there, but you know they didn't get it. You said Avon Old Farms. It just makes makes me think. Um, I know a couple of the Bristol Eastern players ended up play, going there to play this year. What do you think about like, like making that move and like what's the point if you're not reclassing and what do you think of just that move? I mean, you know, to me, it's like you know, if a kid needs to reclass, if you know, it could. It depends on the situation, right? It depends on what's going on at, at their school. You know, I know those coaches very well. There, former Southington alumni John Hooley. Um, you know, played at Southington, graduated two thousand. Went to UConn too. Yeah, went to UConn, coached up there. So he's been coach. He's been a guy who I've, I've been tight with for a long time. Um, you know, it just depends on the kid's situation. You know, and, and is it going to be the? Is it going to what's going to match for that kid? But I do know those kids who both. I know both kids who went there. Um, I okay. saw that. Yeah. So. It's tough. You got, and that's well, one of them thing. checks you, you all the boxes as far as what our linemen should look like, oh, right? Scarrett, yeah, he, um, yeah, big, good-looking, big kid. dude. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. Like as a coach, you got to promote your kids. You got to, you got to recruit your kids. I mean, 
it's like that now at the high school level and it, it's unique here because you go throughout the country there's not prep schools throughout the country you know you go down to florida kids are going to prep schools you know they're playing for their you know they're playing for their schools you go down to alabama you go to california there's not all these preps where it exists now there's movement and things like that where kids are going but it's public school still reigns supreme you know what seems great about football and if i'm wrong about this please enlighten anyone listening like um Travel and AAU ball has ruined the high school experience for a lot of people on every level, from the coaches having to deal with it to the players being yanked in different directions and lied to, um, to to, um, the parents who believe this stuff and then think that they're entitled to X, Y, and Z uh, because their travel coach said so or the guy they take lessons from, which is just... Yeah. It's it's disheartening. Yeah, there's no travel football or AAU football, right? There there isn't, and that's that's the great thing about it. And, and to your point, we were talking about before with um, you know with parents and this and that expectations. Like this is what they have. Like there's not this other team that they're playing for where this coach is feeding them this and this, or they're playing this position, but now they have to play this position at your school. So you don't have that, which is which is unique and which is great. I mean, there's st- there's some start stuff starting to kind of build. Like there's some off-season seven-on-seven travel teams and this and that, but, you know, really where the kids are going to learn the most and benefit the most are being involved with their high school. And then with the changes in CIC, uh, working with kids, like, you guys didn't have the same rules as, like, a basketball or baseball coach, right? I think all the rules are similar. Like, So you you can't do do skill work with your guys? Nah, you're not supposed to. (laughs) But what, what are you allowed in the spring? Nothing right now. I mean, that's. Did you used to get spring? We used to have spring ball. They used to have spring games, yeah. Yeah, we had spring ball, spring practice, and and I was on the CIC um, um, football committee for seven years, and and until they kicked us all off because we were pushing back because we wanted spring ball, we wanted these things, and you know, and they wanted to clean house on that because we were kind of pushing back because it was always, in my opinion, it was always you you talk about the game being safe. You talk about you know, you know contact you know you can do a lot less contact in the nfl you want to why because those guys are elite level athletes are the best mm-hmm. players in the world you know the high school level you got to learn these kids need to learn how to block and tackle and things like that so the the less time you get for that the more contact you have to do effectively you know what i mean so my my opinion was we need to have more time for these kids to develop them and things like that because guess what the teams that are going to do it they're going to do it regardless you know you they're mean there's hurt. cheaters out there I think there is. Come on, man. Not, 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 not in basketball. I think everybody's on the up yeah, and up. Right? But, but we agree with everything you said. I think basketball, the CIAC is changing a little bit where uh, there's a, a window during the summer where maybe you could work with some kids. I don't know how much college football you get a chance to to watch only because, you know, like uh, the commission said with the, with the film stuff until 2 a.m. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the landscape of college football in particular with the transfer portal? Uh, the NIL stuff. Um, do you agree with it? Do you think it's good for the game, or where do you see the game five, ten years from now? Because you know Alabama's losing guys in the portal, yeah. like, and you see in college basketball, a lot of coaches are stepping away from college basketball because, like the Jay Wrights or the Roy Williams and, and some other people, they they just didn't want to deal with that stuff yeah. anymore. Can you talk a little bit about that? I've talked. I, I, got a, I know a lot of guys who are coaching high-level college college football. Um, I've talked to guys who were NFL coaches and college coaches, and I always ask, "What do you like better?" They said, "NFL by far," yeah. because the schedule's better. You know, the recruiting you don't have to deal with all that, and that's before all this stuff came out. So, mm-hmm. it's very difficult because as a college coach, you're you're recruiting these kids right from your, to your program, and now you have to re-recruit them every single year. You know, to keep them and to retain the talent, to retain your kids. 
Um, to me, I think there's going to be a tipping point because you can only do so much. How far is this going to go? Um, I mean, kids are getting million-dollar deals, you know, coming right out of high school. I mean, yeah, it's great, and I think that the kids, there should be some compensation, but once you kind of open that Pandora's box, the rich are going to get richer, the middle-of-the-road guys are going to stay middle-of-the-road or less. You're never going to be able to have a lot of that parity. But I think it's difficult, I mean, because, you know, and kids go into the transfer portal, you know, I'll get a kid and help them get recruited to college, and then three years later, I've had this happen several times, kids are going to transfer portal, I'm like, Coach, you know, it's like now i got to help them get re-recruited again. It's just like a continuous cycle. It's hard. Um, I think it's exhausting for the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, to an, to an already exhausting sport, um, to what you have to do. But um, right now, unless things are put into place, legislation, I guess, would be the only thing to be able oh, to yeah. control it. That, that's a problem that that's not happening. Like I know. people, the, the states have said, like, to the NCA, like, our NCAA said, that, "Oh no, you states, you figured NCAA is in trouble." You guys man. know what yeah. now the the, the uh, NIL stands for? What? Now it's legal. Now it's legal. <laughs> well, that's true. Poor I Reggie mean, Bush. You had a lot of places that things were, you know, this yeah. stuff was going on, but you know that was you know, talking about you know blue chips and things like that. Great movie. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but it's it's now it's legal. So now you get to, <laughs> in, the, in the states that have these, you know, they're down in the SEC and. They have these huge programs with these huge amount of monies and donors and people able to, to deliver that type of money. They don't care. They love it. They're like, fine, we're going to get, you know, we're going to pay, you know, 1.5 for this kid to come play quarterback for us. Great. You know, quarterbacks are getting more than that. Buddy. Yeah, they are. Hey, hey, Back no up. patronage here. I mean, I've never had a, had a lengthy conversation with you, but like, I mean, you obviously seem like you got all the boxes checked to like pursue a job at a higher level. I know you must have thought about it. I know you must have been asked about it. Why not just go for it? I mean, your kids are little. Have you ever thought about going for, you know, one of these college jobs? Start on, uh, you know. I mean, as- listen, like I said, it, it's, I mean, you love the college experience because it is football nonstop. You know, that's all you're doing. You're, that's your coach, and that's it. Um, you know, but they, it is a tough life. Uh, there's a lot of traveling. The hours are really excessively tough. You're not home. You know, you miss, you know, to me, it's like I've been a family guy. Like, for how much I love football, like and I do it a lot. I think about it a lot. You know, I still watch film like crazy right now. Um, you know, I am a family man first and foremost. You know, and, and my dad installed instilled that in me and my family. So I've just seen too many people go there, and it's just it's just a tough life. And being able to uproot your family, you're moving here, you're going here. You can go coach at this level, and and which is great and all good. You know, but to me, it's like I don't know. Hey, listen, I like Bristol. I like being in Connecticut. You know, if I do that. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Your program, the high school program, was run like a college program, though. Yeah, that's always what we want to do. We want to, and that's one of the things. Like, our kids who went out, the, you know, we have kids playing in the FBS all the way down to Division Three right now currently. So, you know, our kids, when they went out to college, they would come back, and a common thread throughout all of them, no matter where they were, is like, yeah, it's, it's easier that's up awesome. here. Yeah, you know, I've heard so that, that before. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you see yourself head coach somewhere down the line again, um, maybe coaching your kids? What's the... You, have you looked that far ahead yet? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to be involved with my kids. You know, I'm, I'm involved in them. They're wrestling. They're going to do baseball, you know. So I, I coached, you know, T-ball or actually coach pitch last year here in town. So we'll kind of go that route. And, um, you know, I do want to get involved. Like, my son's going to be playing for the Bulldogs. You know, he's going to be, you know, he, we did flag there this year. And, you know, I couldn't get to any practices. I can just come to the game on Sunday mornings. And to me, it's like I want to be a little bit more impactful. But I don't need to be his coach and everything. I don't want right. him to do that. But, 
Um, I'll be involved in that, but I, I'm sure I'll be involved somewhere in football this fall. No judgment on the Bulldogs because I, I had my kids played flag there. Yeah, it was a fun thing. You yeah. know, we've never advanced in football beyond flag. We did a NFL league in Avon or whatever. Like that was kind of cool. Um, but in Southington, when I went to see Colin play when he was, did they both play then? Yeah, yeah. Um, at this park in Southington, and it was flag. I, I thought it was going to be like it was with the Bulldogs. You know, what I mean, we're pushing the kids here and there. Yeah. You know, guy that never. Went out there's coaching. They got the chains out. There's first downs, dude. That's what I'm talking Sullington about. Sullington football, dude. <laughs> yes. The kids are like this big. I know. We did it in one year. One year we did it. In Flags. Sullington. And then this year we did in Bristol. So this is a different philosophy. So that's why I want to help get involved. <laughs> oh, the change is coming. <laughs> no, just want to help, you know, help the you know, you want to help better. Yeah, one percent better every when day. When does the weightlifting program start for him? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Now, you know, listen. All body weight stuff it. right now with these guys. Coach, um, as someone who's been a part of the program, I first I want to say thank you. I mean, it's been an unbelievable experience for my son. Appreciate it. Um, just the what he's he's learned from that. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. This week we're picking his classes for high school, okay. and um, we're going through all the things. And I, I want to take public speaking. Public speaking. Well, I mean, I, I, why would you want to take that? There's easier things you can do. Podcaster. He's, he, but he's 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 hammering it home to my wife. I want to take public speaking. He'd be very good at that. But he said, yeah. I want to be able to talk to my teammates better. Yeah. And oh, I'm thinking that's, that's awesome, something man. that came from you. Yeah. Um. And and the culture of the what program has, the culture of the program has become such that I see myself 70 years old in the stands at Southington watching those kids play. Yeah. yeah. And so I appreciate what you did. It was a unbelievable job. Sometimes we say we have great coaches and. This guy's a good coach. You ran a great program. I'm very proud to be part of it, and I really, really think that you um, deserve everything you get in life. I so appreciate it. You. You're I really appreciate it. What a compliment to the whole yeah, staff I that a kid it. says that. Yeah, it's it, all about the staff and the players. I mean, that's it. You know? Yeah. So can the kids start next year, please? Can we get him in there? <laughs> <laughs> no, he got in there. Yeah, he I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. He earned it. He, he earned it. it. And you know what? We should have had him, you know should have had him in earlier. Well, come on, that hall, he should have well. been in that hall game. You guys played hall? That happened. Um, all right, uh, we're gonna wrap up yep. uh, the interview stuff. Thank you so much, but we, we want to keep want you to stick around and be involved in just some little banter that we like to have every okay, every good. podcast. So, yep. Angry Jay is gonna take over this segment, known as Who'd You Rather, sponsored by Joe Moriello and Capital Securities. Thanks, right. Joe. All right, Who'd You Rather this week is centered around football, and out of our our guest. Um, you guys will we'll start with our guest. Mac will let you go second today because you've been complaining about having to go last, even though you want. It's like hitting second. Yeah. All right. Johnny's clean One, up. You, you pick whoever you want. If you don't know who the guy is, and we're going to go a little old school, just for the, f- the first couple. Okay. okay. One college football guy, and then we'll go NFL. So, NTAA only. You want Tim Tebow or Tommy Frazier leading your team? Tim Tebow. Why, coach? It, you know, the NFL didn't work out for him, obviously, but just the intensity and the focus that he had during his time there at Florida was, you know, it, it was unmatchable, I think, at that point. I mean, he just, he was impressive. Yeah, I'm going to go, he's really him. He really was, and, and too good to be true, but yeah. that's why it didn't work out in the NFL, maybe. Yep, I, I concur, Tebow. I'm going to give a quick Tebow story. I, I say Tebow, too, but I actually heard last week at a Super Bowl party that he runs a, a dance, so like it's almost like a prom for kids with disabilities. Oh, wow. And he did it at the casino this week, and someone's um, son was there. Unbelievable guy, a winner. So I'll go with Tim. Oh, Tebow. he ran that. He ran, well, it's his foundation. Like his I think, foundation. But yeah, I got you. I'm actually going to go with Tommy Fraser because 
the way he ran the, the wishbone at Nebraska. Triple option. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, triple option. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, out of the wishbone. Yeah, no, no, no. I got it. I'll go Tebow. How many NFL guys were on that roster when he was there? Wow. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, uh, Urban Meyer, pretty good recruiter, huh? Oh, yeah. All right, a little old school again for NFL. Coach, Fran Targington, Kenny Stabler. Uh, I hardly remember these guys. I'll go Fran. His nickname is The Snake. I mean, come on, man. they got to go with The Snake. I'm going Snake also. Fran. I'm going Fran Targington myself. I'm going Snake just because of the way he lived his life off the field. <laughs> <laughs> like a boss. All right, Coach, we're going Julio. This is NFL now. Julio Jones, Antonio Brown. Julio Jones. Bigger. Yeah, and, and Antonio, tough to, tough to guard. Yes. Um, I can never take Antonio Brown for obvious reasons. Julio. I take Antonio Brown. You could not guard him. Even though he wasn't big, he couldn't be covered. Julio for me. I'm going to Julio just because he's going to end his career as an eagle. <laughs> Come on, man. Get that I'll, go, I'll go to Bama kid, too. I'll go Jones. All right, here we go. Uh, Des Bryant, Jordy Nelson. Des Bryant. Des, easy, but Jordy had about three years, so he's really yeah. unbelievable. Uh, I'm going Des. I think it's pretty easy. Des nuts. I'm going Jordy. <laughs> he's widely underrated. I think Des Bryant is underrated, too. I'll take Des. How about you guys? Um, coach, John Elway, Dan Marino. Elway all day long. Oh, all Two day. Super Bowls, all, let's go. Right, Come on. Right, right. I don't want to hear this Super Bowl nonsense. The best passer of all time, period. <laughs> That's Marino. True. That's true. I'm going Marino also. Elway. I'm going. I'm leaning Elway, too. I think if he played in today's era, his stats would be off the charts. You know me. I'm all about the rings. So <laughs> the, the drive aside, I'm taking Elway. All right. Bice the toners. We got... Three or four more. Uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, coach. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, easy quick, for you. Quick, that's easy. Well, right. listen. Why? Drew Brees can't even throw with his right arm right now. He can <laughs> he throw, he throw can only, it back then. I know. That's all that matters. He can only. I know. I know. But I just think um, Aaron Rodgers' arm talent, and you know, I think Brees was great as well. But and he had a tremendous coach, and that system fit yep. him perfectly. But Aaron Rodgers' talent level is just. More for me. I know nothing about football. This is obvious because I got to go breeze all day. Maybe it's the weirdness of Rodgers. I just can't do it. And, and then the Cowboys seasons ended quite often to him. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers all day. Easy. I agree with the coach and the Don father. Aaron Rodgers. I'm going breeze just because I want to be different. No, I'll go Rodgers. That one's pretty easy for me. All right. How about uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's up. They're both going to be up for the Hall of Fame, too, by the way. They are? They're, oh, St- Stafford obviously still playing. I'm going to go Stafford. Still playing. Matty Ice. You know, if yeah. they could have ran that ball, maybe he's gonna, he gets <laughs> his one title. ring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was uh, I got to go Stafford, man. I, remember when he played with the dislocated shoulder on a two-point conversion one year? Yes. Right on Thanksgiving? Dallas. Was it, against, it was against Dallas. He's a toughie. I like him. Yeah. Stafford. Stafford infection. Wow. <laughs> I'll go with Matt Ryan. He's a Hall of Famer. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Where do you yeah, go, BC? BC. I think he's yeah. a Hall of Famer, too, but I'll go Stafford. All right, we'll go. Uh, we got a couple more. Jim Kelly, Warren Moon. Oh, we already talked about those guys, too. Yeah, well, we didn't combine them, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. K-Gun versus the Red Gun? I'm going to go I'm gonna go Jim Kelly, you know. I'm going to go Jim Kelly. Just, Moon was awesome. He was great talent. I just think Jim was a better quarterback, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it's hard to go against him, but I, I mean, Warren Moon, two different uh, professional leagues, two slightly s different rules. Um, Got to go with Warren. I'm going with Warren Moon. Could be the prettiest ball that's ever been thrown in the NFL. Uh, I'll go with Warren Moon. I'm actually going to lean with Coach here. I'm going to go a slight nod to Jim Kelly, just the way he ran the team. I'm going to go with Moon. He elevated two franchises, I think. Yeah, two NFL franchises and the yeah. CFL. And yeah, they made him. Where do you go to college? Washington, Washington State. Washington. No, Washington University, ah, Washington. Okay. I didn't know that. All right, uh, last football one. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Austin Eckler. Now you got to remember how you run your offense now. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> all right. The way, run out, the way I run out my offense, it's more kind of spread out. It's it's wide open. So you get a piece like that, you know, with a light box. Uh, I thought you it. might want to throw it to Eckler a little bit. <laughs> I couldn't. One of the greatest coaches of all time, Carroll. You couldn't give the guy the ball that day? Um, Lynch. Yeah, I'm, I'm going beast mode. Yeah, Marshawn. He would have had two, right? Sure. He was a headache. I'm going Eckler. No, I'll take Lynch. Oh, you guys are. Where, where did he go to college? West Virginia? Cal? Lynch. Lynch. Lynch went to Cal. Cal. Yeah, he I was driving around on, a, on the golf uniform. cart. Must have been for the academics he was there for. Um, <laughs> last one. You had mentioned it. Movie. The program or Remember the Titans? If you didn't see, you, you didn't Kid, see it either you know, one. Get out of here. Kids version. No, we're talking adult. Listen, the program for me. Right. You know, I just love the, the whole aspect of it and just... It, the kind of the rise and fall, the greatness and the and the, the glory and the and the the tough things that can come. You, with. you remember the team name? Um, East Carolina, um, East Carolina, right? Yeah. East Carolina. What's their nickname? Their nickname was the not Cougars. No, what was it? I don't remember. It's Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Before we, before you <laughs> go to Bobby, Classic. Coach, have you seen Vision Quest? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a wrestler. Boom. Boom. Well, that's right. why I know that. I've Great never seen coach. it, but I actually I think it was like the anniversary I saw on Facebook or something this week. But, yeah. I, you need to bring it up. This is well, ridiculous. Loud in the swing, what, what was the weight we was trying to get to? I can know. I know that. 155. 157? 158. 168. Okay. Really? You got up the pegboard, Again, man. That's all that matters. I'll, yeah, take, yeah. I'll take your word for it. It was a good movie. Is that in black well, and white? Or? I'm going Coach Boone. Six plays, running to Veers. I mean, come on, man. I'm going with the Bobby Bowden story. Program. I'm going program too. I'm going Remember the Titans. That's one of my all time favorites. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is. Okay. Hey, uh, who's your NFL squad? Patriots. Come on, too easy. So, Red Sox, <laughs> Red Sox too? Sox. Listen, I'm bossing all day. Celts. Celts. Let's you. go. How about college? College. Football? And hoops. Hoops? UConn. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> uh, football, Notre Dame. Wow, old school. Rudy. Yeah, I went old school. Rudy, Rudy offsides? He's offsides. <laughs> Listen, it, we'll go back cry. and watch the film. I, I never cry. I cried when I let the team know that I wasn't coming back to coaching. But I will cry 100% of the time watching Rudy. I do too. Every It doesn't even matter. Multiple times throughout the movie. I would have cut that kid. When I would have cut that when kid. When the, so many the times. father in the stand. Oh. Yeah, get him down there. It's like. They're cheering for in the runway, The Charles Dutton character in the runway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First game you ever saw. Yeah. He worked there forever. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Coach, how you doing there? <laughs> coach, um, thank you for your time. Um, Appreciate it. The inevitable is we're going to see you on the sideline again as you're a young man, and you're obviously built for this. And and uh, good luck in retirement, and we look forward to the next time we see you over there with the headset on. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks for coming, thanks Mike. For thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks, guys.